Act Two of Othello by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One A Seaport in Cyprus, a Platform. Enter Montano and two gentlemen. What from the Cape can you discern at sea? Nothing at all. It is a high wrought flood. I cannot, twixt the heaven and the main, descry a sail. Methinks the wind hath spoke aloud at land, a fuller blast ne'er shook our battlements. If it hath ruffians so upon the sea, what ribs of oak when mountains melt on them can hold the mortise? What shall we hear of this? A segregation of the Turkish fleet. For do but stand upon the foaming shore, the chidden billow seems to pelt the clouds. The wind-shaked surge, with high and monstrous mane, seems to cast water on the burning bear, and quench the guards of the ever-fixed pole. I never did like the molestation view on the enchaffed flood. If that the Turkish fleet be not ensheltered and embayed, they are drowned. It is impossible to bear it out. Enter a third gentleman. News, lads. Our wars are done. The desperate tempest hath so banged the Turks that their designment halts. A noble ship of Venice hath seen a grievous wreck, and sufferance on most part of their fleet. How is this true? The ship is here put in, a Veronessa. Michael Cassio, lieutenant to the warlike Moor Othello, is come on shore, the Moor himself at sea, and is in full commission here for Cyprus. I am glad on't. Tis a worthy governor. But this same Cassio, though he speaks of comfort touching the Turkish loss, yet he looks sadly and prays the more be safe, for they were parted with foul and violent tempest. Pray heavens he be, for I have served him, and the man commands like a fool soldier. Let's to the seaside, ho, as well to see the vessel that's come in, as to throw out our eyes for brave Othello, even till we make the main and the aerial blue and indistinct regard. Come, let's do so, for every minute is expectancy of more arrivance. Enter Cassio. Thanks you, the valiant of this warlike isle, that so approved the moor. Oh, let the heavens give him defence against the elements, for I have lost him on a dangerous sea. Is he well shipped? His bark is stoutly timbered, and his pilot a very expert and approved allowance. Therefore my hopes, not surfeited to death, stand in bold cure. Within. A sail, a sail, a sail. Enter a fourth gentleman. What noise? The town is empty. On the brow of the sea stand ranks of people, and they cry, A sail! My hopes do shape him for the governor. Guns within. They do discharge their shot of courtesy, our friends at least. I pray you, sir, go forth, and give us truth who tis that is arrived. I shall. Exit. But, good lieutenant, is your general wived? Most fortunately. He hath achieved a maid that paragon's description and wild fame, one that excels the quirks of blazoning pens, and in the essential vesture of creation does tire the engineer. Re-enter second gentleman. How now? Who is put in? Tis one Iago, ancient to the general. He has had most favourable and happy speed. Tempest themselves, high seas and howling winds, the guttered rocks and congregated sands, traitors in steep to clog the guiltless keel, 
as, having a sense of beauty, do omit their mortal natures, letting go safely by the divine Desdemona. What is she? She that I spake of, our great captain's captain, left in the conduct of the bold Iago, whose footing here anticipates our thoughts a senite speed. Great Jove, Othello guard, and swell his sail with thine own powerful breath, that he may bless this bay with his tall ship, make love's quick pants in Desdemona's arms, give renewed fire to our extincted spirits, and bring all Cyprus comfort. Enter Desdemona, Emilia, Iago, Roderigo, and attendants. O oh, behold, the riches of the ship is come on shore. Ye men of Cyprus, let her have your knees. Hail to thee, lady, and the grace of heaven, before, behind thee, and on every hand, in wheel thee round. I thank you, valiant Cassio. What tidings can you tell me of my lord? He is not yet arrived, nor know I aught but that he's well, and will be shortly here. Oh, but I fear, how lost your company? The great contention of the sea and skies parted our fellowship. But hark, a sail! Within, a sail, a sail! Guns within. They give their greeting to the citadel. This likewise is a friend. See for the news. Exit, gentlemen. Good ancient, you are welcome. To Emilia. Welcome, mistress. Let it not gall your patience, good Iago, that I extend my manners. Tis my breeding that gives me this bold show of courtesy. Kissing her. Sir, would she give you so much of her lips, as of her tongue she oft bestows on me, you'd have enough. Alas, she has no speech. In faith, too much. I find it still when I have list to sleep. Mary, before your ladyship, I grant she puts her tongue a little in her heart, and chides with thinking. You have little cause to say so. Oh, come on, come on. Your pictures out of doors, bells in your parlours, wildcats in your kitchens, saints in your injuries, devils being offended, players in your house with free and houses in your beds. Oh, fie upon thee, slanderer. Nay, it is true, or else I am a Turk. You rise to play and go to bed to work. You shall not write my praise. No, let me not. What wouldst thou write of me, if thou shouldst praise me? Oh, gentle lady, do not put me to it, for I am nothing if not critical. Come on, essay. There's one gone to the harbour. Aye, madam. I am not merry, but I do beguile the thing I am by seeming otherwise. Come, how wouldst thou praise me? I am about it, but... Indeed, my invention comes from my pate as birdlime does from freeze. It plucks out brains and all. But my muse labors, and thus she is delivered. If she be fair and wise, fairness and wit, the one's for use, the other useth it. Well praised. How if she be black and witty? If she be black and there to have a wit, she'll find a white that shall her blackness fit. Worse and worse. How if fair and foolish? She never yet was foolish that was fair, for even her folly helped her to an air. These are old fond paradoxes to make fools laugh in the alehouse. What miserable praise hast thou for her that's foul and foolish? There's none so foul and foolish thereunto. But does foul pranks which fair and wise ones do. 
o oh, heavy ignorance thou praisest the worst best but what praise couldst thou bestow on a deserving woman indeed one that in the authority of her merit did justly put on the vouch of very malice itself she that was ever fair and never proud had tongue at will and yet was never loud never lacked gold and yet never went gay fled from her wish and yet said now i may she that being angered her revenge being nigh bade her wrong stay and her displeasure fly she that in wisdom never was so frail to change the cod's head for the salmon's tail she that could think and ne'er disclose her mind see suitors following and not look behind she was a white if ever such white were to do what to suckle fools and chronicle small beer oh most lame and impotent conclusion do not learn of him emilia though he be thy husband how say you cassio is he not the most profane and liberal counsellor he speaks home madam you may relish him more in the soldier than in the scholar aside he takes her by the palm ay well said whisper with as little a web as this will i ensnare as great a fly as cassio i smile upon her do i will gyve thee in thine own courtship oh, you say true tis so indeed if such tricks as these strip you out of your lieutenantry it had been better you had not kissed your three fingers so oft which now again you are most apt to play the sir in very good well kissed an excellent courtesy ah tis so indeed yet again your fingers to your lips would they were clister pipes for your sake trumpet within the more i know his trumpet tis truly so let's meet him and receive him lo where he comes enter othello and attendants oh my fair warrior my dear othello it gives me wonder great as my content to see you here before me oh my soul's joy if after every tempest come such calms may the winds blow till they have wakened death and let the labouring bark climb hills of seas olympus high and duck again as low as hells from heaven if it were now to die twere now to be most happy for i fear my soul hath her content so absolute that not another comfort like to this succeeds in unknown fate the heavens forbid but that our loves and comforts should increase even as our days do grow amen to that sweet powers i cannot speak enough of this content it stops me here it is too much of joy and this and this the greatest discords be kissing her that e'er our hearts shall make aside oh you are well tuned now but i'll set down the pegs that make this music as honest as i am come let us to the castle news friends our wars are done the turks are drowned how does my old acquaintance of this isle honey you shall be well desired in cyprus i have found great love amongst them oh my sweet i prattle out of fashion and i dote in mine own comforts i prithee good iago go to the bay and disembark my coffers bring thou the master to the citadel he is a good one and his worthiness doth challenge much respect come desdemona once more 
well met at Cyprus. Exeunt Othello, Desdemona, and attendants. Do thou meet me presently at the harbour. Come hither. If thou beest valiant, as they say base men being in love have then a nobility in their natures more than is native to them, list me. The lieutenant to-night watches on the court of guard. First, I must tell thee this. Desdemona is directly in love with him. With him? Why, tis not possible. Lay thy finger thus, and let thy soul be instructed. Mark me with what violence she first loved the more, but for bragging and telling her fantastical lies. And will she love him still for prating? Let not thy discreet heart think it. Her eye must be fed, and what delight shall she have to look on the devil? When the blood is made dull with the act of sport, there should be, again, to inflame it and to give satiety a fresh appetite, loveliness in favour, sympathy in years, manners, and beauties, all which the more is defective in. Now, for want of these required conveniences, her delicate tenderness will find itself abused, begin to heave the gorge, disrelish and abhor the more, very nature will instruct her in it, and compel her to some second choice. Now, sir, this granted, as it is most pregnant and unforced position, who stands so eminently in the degree of this fortune as Cassio does, a knave very voluble, no further conscionable than in putting on the mere form of civil and humane seeming, for the better compass of his salt and most hidden loose affection? Why none, why none, a slipper and subtle knave, a finder out of occasions, that has an eye can stamp and counterfeit advantages, though true advantage never present itself. A devilish knave! Besides, the knave is handsome, young, and hath all those requisites in him that folly and green minds look after. A pestilent, complete knave, and the woman hath found him already. I cannot believe that in her she is full of most blessed condition. Blessed figs end! The wine she drinks is made of grapes. If she had been blessed, she would never have loved the more blessed pudding. Didst thou not see her paddle with the palm of his hand? Didst not mark that? Yes, that I did. That was courtesy. Lechery by this hand! An index and obscure prologue to the history of lust and foul thoughts. They met so near with their lips that their breaths embraced together. Villainous thoughts, Roderigo, when these mutualities so marshal the way, hard at hand comes the master and main exercise, the incorporate conclusion. Pish! But, sir, be you ruled by me. I have brought you from Venice. Watch you to-night. For the command, I'll lay it upon you. Cassio knows you not. I'll not be far from you. Do you find some occasion to anger Cassio, either by speaking too loud, or tainting his discipline, or from what other course you please, which the time shall more favorably minister? Well... Sir, he is rash and very sudden in choler, and haply with his truncheon may strike at you. Provoke him that he may, for even out of that will I cause these of Cyprus to mutiny, whose qualification shall come into no true taste again but by the displanting of Cassio. So shall you have a shorter journey to your desires, by the means I shall then have 
to prefer them, and the impediment most profitably removed, without the which there were no expectation of our prosperity. I will do this, if I can bring it to any opportunity. I warrant thee. Meet me by and by at the citadel. I must fetch his necessaries ashore. Farewell. Adieu. Exit. That Cassio loves her, I do well believe it. That she loves him, tis apt and of great credit. The more, how being that I endure him not, is of a constant, loving, noble nature. And I dare think he'll prove to Desdemona a most dear husband. Now, I do love her too, not out of absolute lust, though peradventure I stand accountant for as great a sin, but partly led to diet my revenge, for that I do suspect the lusty moor hath leaped into my seat, and thought whereof doth like a poisonous mineral knot my innards, and nothing can or shall content my soul till I am even with him wife for wife or failing so, yet that I put the more at least into a jealousy so strong that judgment cannot cure. Which thing to do, if this poor trash of Venice, whom I trash for his quick hunting, stand the putting on, I'll have our Michael Cassio on the hip, abuse him to the more in the rank garb, for I fear Cassio with my nightcap too. Make the more think me, love me, and reward me for making him egregiously an ass, and practising upon his peace and quiet even to madness. Tis here, but yet confused. Knavery's plain face is never seen till used. Exit. Scene two, a street. Enter a herald with a proclamation, people following. It is a fellow's pleasure, our noble and valiant general, that upon certain tidings now arrived, importing the mere perdition of the Turkish fleet, every man put himself into triumph, some to dance, some to make bonfires, each man to what sport and revels his addiction leads him. For besides these beneficial news, it is the celebration of his nuptial. So much was his pleasure should be proclaimed. All offices are open, and there is full liberty of feasting, from this present hour of five, till the bell have tolled eleven. Heaven bless the isle of Cyprus, and our noble general Othello. Exeunt. Scene three, a hall in the castle. Enter Othello, Desdemona, Cassio, and attendants. Good Michael, look you to the guard to-night. Let's teach ourselves that honorable stop, not to outsport discretion. Iago hath direction what to do. But notwithstanding, with my personal eye will I look to it. Iago is most honest. Michael, good night. Tomorrow, with your earliest, let me have speech with you. To Desdemona. Come, my dear love, the purchase made, the fruits are to ensue, the profits yet to come tween me and you. Good night. Exeunt Othello, Desdemona, and attendants. Enter Iago. Welcome, Iago. We must to the watch. Not this hour, Lieutenant. Tis not yet ten of the clock. Our general cast us thus early for the love of his Desdemona, who let us not therefore blame. He hath not yet made wanton the night with her, and she is sport for Jove. She's a most exquisite lady. And I'll warrant her full of game. Indeed, she is a most fresh and delicate creature. What an eye she has. Methinks it sounds a parley to provocation. An inviting eye and yet, methinks, right modest. 
and when she speaks is it not an alarm to love she is indeed perfection well happiness to their sheets come lieutenant i have a stoop of wine and here without are a brace of cypress gallants that would fain have a measure to the health of black othello not to-night good iago i have very poor and unhappy brains for drinking i could well wish courtesy would invent some other custom of entertainment oh they are our friends but one cup i'll drink for you i have drunk but one cup to-night and that was craftily qualified too and behold what innovation it makes here i am unfortunate in the infirmity and dare not task my weakness with any more what man tis a light of revels these gallants desire it where are they here at the door i pray you call them in i'll do it but it dislikes me exit if i can fasten but one cup upon him with that which he hath drunk to-night already he'll be as full of quarrel and offence as my young mistress dog now my sick fool roderigo whom love hath turned almost the wrong side out to desdemona hath to-night caroused potations pottle-deep and he's to watch three lads of cyprus noble swelling spirits that hold their honours in a wary distance the very elements of this warlike isle have i to-night flustered with flowing cups and they watch too now amongst this flock of drunkards am i to put our cassio in some action that may offend the isle but here they come if consequence do but approve my dream my boat sails freely both with wind and steam re-enter cassio with him montano and gentlemen followed by servant with wine for heaven they have given me a rouse already good faith a little one not past a pint as i am a soldier some wine ho sings and let me the canican clink clink and let me the canican clink a soldier's a man oh life's but a span when they let a soldier drink hey some wine boys for god an excellent song i learned it in england where indeed they are most potent in potting your dane your german and your swag-bellied hollander hey drink ho are nothing to your english is your englishman so expert in his drinking why he drinks you with facility your dane dead drunk he sweats not to overthrow your omen he gives your hollander a vomit ere the next pottle can be filled to the health of our general i am for it lieutenant and i'll do you justice oh sweet england sings king stephen was a worthy peer his breeches cost him but a crown he held them sixpence all too dear with that he called the tailor loun he was a white of high renown and thou art but of low degree tis pride that pulls the country down then take thine old cloak about thee some wine ho why this is a more exquisite song than the other oh will you hear it again no for i hold him to be unworthy of his place that does those things well god's above all and there be souls must be saved and there be souls must not be saved it's true good lieutenant for mine own part no offence to the general nor any man of quality i hope to be saved and so do i too lieutenant ay but by your leave not before me the lieutenant is to be saved before the ancient let's have no more of this let's to our affairs forgive us our sins gentlemen let's look to our business do not think, gentlemen, I am drunk. 
This is my ancient, this is my right hand, and this is my left. I am not drunk now, I can stand well enough, and I speak well enough. Excellent well. Why, very well, then. You must not think, then, that I am drunk. Exit. To the platform, masters. Come, let's set the watch. You see this fellow that is gone before. He's a soldier fit to stand by Caesar and give direction. And do but see his vice. Tis to his virtue a just equinox, the one as long as the other. Tis pity of him. I fear the trust Othello puts in him on some odd time of his infirmity will shake this island. But is he often thus? Tis evermore the prologue to his sleep. He'll watch the horologue a double set if drink rock not his cradle. It were well the general were put in mind of it. Perhaps he sees it not, or his good nature prizes the virtue that appears in Cassio and looks not on his evils. Is not this true? Enter Roderigo. Aside to him. How now, Roderigo? I pray you, after the lieutenant, go. Exit Roderigo. And tis great pity that the noble moor should hazard such a place as his own second with one of an ingraft infirmity. It were an honest action to say so to the moor. Not I, for this fair island. I do love Cassio well, and would do much to cure him of this evil. But hark! What noise? Cry within. Help! Help! Re-enter Cassio, driving in Roderigo. You rogue! You rascal! What's the matter, lieutenant? A knave teach me my duty. I'll beat the knave into a twiggin' bottle. Beat me! Dost thou prate, rogue? Striking Roderigo. Nay, good lieutenant, I pray you, sir, hold your hand. Let me go, sir, or I'll knock you over the mazard. Come, come, you're drunk. Drunk! They fight. Aside to Roderigo. Away, I say! Go out and cry a mutiny! Exit Roderigo. Nay, good lieutenant, alas, gentlemen, help, ho! Lieutenant, sir, Montano, sir, help, masters! Here is a goodly watch indeed. Bell rings. Who's that that rings the bell? Diablo, ho! The town will rise. God's will, lieutenant, hold! You will be shamed forever. Re-enter Othello and attendants. What is the matter here? Zounds! I bleed still! I'm hurt to the death. Hold for your lives. Hold, ho! D Lieutenant, sir, Montano, gentlemen, have you forgot all sense of place and duty? Hold! The general speaks to you. Hold, hold, for shame! Why, how now, ho? From whence ariseth this? Are we turned Turks, and to ourselves do that which heaven hath forbid the Ottomites? For Christian shame, put by this barbarous brawl. He that stirs next to carve for his own rage holds his soul light. He dies upon his motion. Silence that dreadful bell. It frights the isle from her propriety. What is the matter, masters? Honest Iago, that looks dead with grieving, speak. Who began this? On thy love I charge thee. I do not know. Friends, all but now, even now, in quarter and in terms like bride and groom divesting them for bed. And then, but now, as if some planet had unwitted men, swords out and tilting one at other's breast in opposition bloody? I cannot speak any beginning to this peevish odds, and would in action glorious I had lost those legs that brought me to a part of it. How comes it, Michael, you are thus forgot? I pray you pardon me. 
I cannot speak. Worthy Montano, you were won't be civil. The gravity and stillness of your youth the world hath noted, and your name is great in mouths of wisest censure. What's the matter that you unlace your reputation thus, and spend your rich opinion for the name of a night-brawler? Give me answer to it. Worthy a fellow, I am hurt to danger. Your officer Iago can inform you, while I spare speech, which something now offends me, of all that I do know, nor know I aught by me that said or done amiss this night, unless self-charity be sometimes a vice, and to defend ourselves it be a sin when violence assails us. Now, by heaven, my blood begins my safer guides to rule, and passion, having my best judgment collied, assays to lead the way. If I once stir, or do but lift this arm, the best of you shall sink in my rebuke. Give me to know how this foul rout began, who set it on. And he that is approved in this offence, though he had twinned with me, both at a birth, shall lose me. What, in a town of war, yet wild, the people's hearts brimful of fear, to manage private and domestic quarrel, in night, and on the court and guard of safety? Tis monstrous! Iago, who began it? If partially affined or leagued in office, thou dost deliver more or less than truth, thou art no soldier. Touch me not so near. I had rather have this tongue cut from my mouth than it should do offence to Michael Cassio. Yet I persuade myself to speak the truth shall nothing wrong him. Thus it is, General. Montano and myself being in speech, there comes a fellow crying out for help, and Cassio following him with determined sword to execute upon him. Sir, this gentleman steps into Cassio and entreats his pause. Myself the crying fellow did pursue, lest by his clamour, as it so fell out, the town might fall in fright. He, swift of foot, outran my purpose, and I returned the rather for that I heard the clink and fall of swords, and Cassio high in oath, which till to-night I ne'er might say before. When I came back, for this was brief, I found them close together at blow and thrust, even as again they were when you yourself did part them. More of this matter cannot I report, but men are men, and best sometimes forget, though Cassio did some little wrong to him, as men in rage strike those that wish them best, yet surely Cassio, I believe, received from him that fled some strange indignity which patience would not pass. I know, Iago, thy honesty and love doth mince this matter, making it light to Cassio. Cassio, I love thee, but never more be officer of mine. Re-enter Desdemona, attended. Look, if my gentle love be not raised up, I'll make thee an example. What's the matter? All's well now, sweeting. Come away to bed. To Montano, who is led off. Sir, for your hurts, myself will be your surgeon. Lead him off. Iago, look with care about the town, and silence those whom this vile brawl distracted. Come, Desdemona, tis the soldier's life to have their balmy slumbers waked with strife. Exeunt all but Iago and Cassio. What, are you hurt, Lieutenant? I passed all surgery. Mary, heaven forbid! Reputation, reputation, reputation. Oh, I have lost my reputation. I have lost the immortal part of myself, and what remains is bestial. 
My reputation, Iago, my reputation. As I am an honest man, I thought you had received some bodily wound. There is more sense in that than in reputation. Reputation is an idle and most false imposition. Oft got without merit and lost without deserving. You have lost no reputation at all unless you repute yourself such a loser. What, man? There are ways to recover the general again. You are but now cast in his mood, a punishment more in policy than in malice. Even so as one would beat his offenceless dog to affright an imperious lion. Suit him again, and he is yours. I would rather sue to be despised than to deceive so good a commander with so slight, so drunken, and so indiscreet an officer. Drunk? And speak parrot? And squabble? Swagger? Swear? And discourse fustian with one's own shadow? Oh, thou invisible spirit of wine, if thou hast no name to be known by, let us call thee devil. What was he that you followed with your sword? What had he done to you? I know not. Is't possible? I remember a mass of things, but nothing distinctly. A quarrel, but nothing wherefore. Oh, God! that men should put an enemy in their mouths to steal away their brains, that we should, with joy, pleasance, revel, and applause, transform ourselves into beasts. Why, but you're now well enough. How came you thus recovered? It hath pleased the devil drunkenness to give place to the devil wrath. One unperfectness shows me another, to make me frankly despise myself. Come, you're too severe a moraler. As the time, the place, and the condition of this country stands, I could hardly wish it had not befallen. But since it is as it is, mend it for your own good. I will ask him for my place again. He shall tell me I am a drunkard. Had I as many mouths as Hydra, such an answer would stop them all. To be now a sensible man, by and by a fool, and presently a beast. Oh, strange! Every inordinate cup is unblessed, and the ingredient is a devil. Come, come, good wine is a good, familiar creature, if it be well used. Exclaim no more against it. And, good lieutenant, I think you think I love you. I have well approved it, sir. I drunk. You or any man living may be drunk at a time, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what you shall do. Our general's wife is now the general. I may say so in this respect, for he hath devoted and given up himself to the contemplation, Mark, and denotement of her parts and graces. Confess yourself freely to her. Importune her help to put you in your place again. She's of so free, so kind, so apt, so blessed a disposition, that she holds it a vice in her goodness not to do more than she is requested. The broken joint between you and her husband entreat her to splinter and my fortunes against any lay worth naming this crack of your love shall grow stronger than it was before you advise me well i protest in the sincerity of love and honest kindness i think it freely and betimes in the morning i will beseech the virtuous desdemona to undertake for me i am desperate of my fortunes if they check me here you are in the right good night lieutenant i must to the watch good night honest iago Exit. And what's he, then, that says I play the villain? When this advice is free, I give, and honest. 
probable to thinking and indeed the course to win the more again for tis most easy the inclining desdemona to subdue in any honest suit she framed as fruitful as the free elements and then for her to win the more were to renounce his baptism all seals and symbols of redeemed sin her soul is so infettered to her love that she may make unmake what she list even as her appetite shall play the god with his weak function how am i then a villain to counsel cassio in this parallel course directly to his good divinity of hell when devils will the blackest sins put on they do suggest at first with heavenly shows as i do now for whilst this honest fool plies desdemona to repair his fortune and she for him pleads strongly to the more i'll pour this pestilence into his ear that she repeals him for her body's lust and by how much she strives to do him good so shall undo her credit with the more so will i turn her virtue into pitch and out of her own goodness make the net that shall enmesh them all enter roderigo how now roderigo i do follow here in the chase not like a hound that hunts but one that fills up the cry my money is almost spent i have been to-night exceedingly well cudgelled and i think the issue will be i have so much experience for my pains and so with no money at all and a little more for wit will return again to venice how poor are they that have no patience what wound did ever heal but by degrees thou knowst we work by wit and not by witchcraft and wit depends on dilatory time dost not go well cassio hath beaten thee and thou by that small hurt hath cashiered cassio though other things grow fair against the sun yet fruits that blossom first will first be ripe content thyself awhile by the mast tis morning pleasure and action make the hours seem short retire thee go where thou art billeted away i say thou shalt no more hereafter nay get thee gone exit roderigo two things are to be done my wife must move for cassio to her mistress i'll set her on myself the while to draw the moor apart and bring him jump when he may cassio find soliciting his wife ay that's the way dull not device by coldness and delay exit end of act two